Hi, this is Mike Edelhart, and I'm here with another edition of Inception, our podcast and now kind of video cast about uh, beginnings, beginnings of uh, new companies, new careers, uh, new ideas in science, economics, and uh, sometimes a little glimpse of the future. And I'm here today, I think I have to say one of our more unique people who's a leader of a portfolio company, Stella Smith of Perth. Stella, it's great to see you. Thank you for having me. So, well, let's start off with the basics. So what's Perks? Sure. So um, Perks uh, essentially makes well-being benefits available to everybody, which is a, a fairly wide statement. But often um, large organizations provide a suite of benefits for their workers, whereas the uh, workers within the self uh, within smaller businesses or the self-employed workers don't necessarily have access. There's some 3.2 billion workers in the world. Um, and uh, uh, looking at sort of source stats, only 9% of them have access to workplace wellness. And it's it's really important stuff. It's things like counsellors and doctors and the, the most basic of, of taking care that we're a human being and that we're well. You know, if we're not well, then we're not here at all. So, um, you know, the starting point. And, and what Perks does is use technology to bring that together and allow us to get it to markets that historically some of the larger players haven't wanted to serve. Got it. So how can you do that? So I, I have to presume that, uh, most workers don't have it because most employers have decided it's too expensive, it's irrelevant, it's dangerous, and in some way decided to avoid it. So what is it that you're doing here that makes the impossible possible? Oh, absolutely. Well, do, do you know, um, Perks started really because I owned a number of small businesses myself, and I had also worked in a large organization. So I knew that you could get these benefits, um, but I then went to try and source them as a, a, a as a small business in my own right, and I couldn't. So rather than it being the businesses making the decision not to have them, um, I think it's actually on the basis that they just weren't available. So they were either inaccessible because the large organisations that provide these kind of benefits didn't want to service the SME community, certainly didn't want to service the individual consumer, the individual human. Um, rather than it being the business. And, and then if you could find it, so when I looked in the market before building perks, um, then it was incredibly expensive. You were effectively priced out of being able to deliver it with the kind of budgets that you would have as a small business. And so are you making it more affordable, more available by the way you source the underlying uh, uh, benefits so that it can be uh, more of a cost efficient for folks? Or what is the specific change in perks that's made? Exactly right. Yeah. So the first thing is, is, um, you know, if you have a human sales force, that arguably is far more costly than having a, a, a machine that does that for you, a piece of technology. So uh, the first thing is, is we make it really easy to sign in and log up. The onboarding and offboarding journeys are all digital. You know, at the top end, we still have very large organizations where there's a human element to our sales force. But that means it's cost effective for us to serve. But the second piece is that if we, for example, in the UK, we have a, a 24 seven doctor's service, you can have as many appointments as you want. What we do is we aggregate together. So, you know, there's a lot of workers 
that are accounted for. If you, if, you, if you put together all of the SME workers in the world, all of the what they call contingent workers, so self-employed people, contract workers, uh, gig economy workers, that's a big body of people. So what we do is effectively aggregate them together to allow us to attract better pricing from third party suppliers. We'll either, okay. we'll either build it ourselves or we'll source it from a third party. If we source it from a third party, then we've got the, the purchasing power to get a better deal than you could get individually. Got it. So uh, you have sort of a unique background for uh, our CEOs as well. So I guess in U.S. term, back in the day, you'd have been called a titan of Wall Street. What do they call them there? A titan of the city? A queen of the city? But you were a, a, a big financial deal in your day. Uh, I well, I, I certainly had a, a, a really cool financial services career. So um, my background is um, I, I was a really bright kid. Um, certainly having having met you in person now, I'm not going to. There's many more questions I've got for you, Mike, than, than telling my story. But the um, in, in short, I um, I was a very bright kid. but I was also incredibly naughty. So instead of going and doing as I was told and going to get my sort of uh, A-level career, so the, the top end of, of formal education here and going to university, I didn't do that. I went clubbing, um, which um, is not particularly um, what my parents wanted me to do. Um, they, they, I think they would have preferred that I'd have done my A-levels and gone to university. So I went and got myself a job in a bank. And then I, I, I went up through the ranks very quickly. So I was kind of, you know, the deputy to a treasurer in a small private bank by um by the time i was in my early 20s i then went on to the big banks and, and went on to the the, the the trading floor and i guess when the crash came in 2008-9 i was already a seasoned uh, banker uh, so i watched and, and learned and experienced all of that sort of live on a on, on, on a financial markets floor um and, and then i sat at home for a couple of years and i i'm not lazy um and i've been surrounded by reuters and bluebird screens for a long time um so i got away i, I got rid of my my television I actually haven't had a television since 2010 um, and 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 in doing so um, I ended up building a number of small businesses you know through friends and family and that's really where perks perks began um, yeah so it's an interesting career and then I went back and I sat in a VC uh, raising capital and then I became a chief investment officer latterly in a financial services firm so completely different but I started building technology back in 2009-10 when it was I, I would argue well I mean your experience of building technology 20 years ago to building technology now? I mean, what are your thoughts? Well, uh, from a technology point of view, it's completely different. Back when I started, again, I'm so old. How old are you, John? No, uh, that I'm my first computer yes. programming was on a hand-cranked octal computer. So you would really? literally uh, uh, type in a value, pull a crank to put the um. value into memory, type in another value, pull a crank to put it into memory, hit a button that represented a mathematical operation. So um, I go way back and, and you know, a long time ago, uh, everything had to be done by hand. When PCs first came out, if you didn't know the underlying hardware, nothing would work. And now you never touch, the programmers never touch the underlying hardware. Uh, everything's gone way up to uh, scripts and things like that. And now we have some portfolio companies where you're essentially listening to us talk. The EAI would try and write code to produce an outcome like what we're talking about so that nobody, you know, and, and it's an entirely different environment. And, you know, this was all about sort of, well, your Wall Street or city sort of stuff. Let's make better transactions. Let's add numbers faster. And now we're talking about let's help distressed people 
feel less distressed. Let's get information to folks so they can live better lives, which is a much more joyous and fulfilling activity than what I started with. I, I mean, I sit in the same seat, Mike. I, you know, I, I think I'm, um, I was very lucky in terms of my, um, you know, commercial corporate career, but I find myself now sitting almost as a split human being. You know, my, my job as a CEO and founder is still to make value for my shareholders and to build the company, make it, make it, you know, scale. I mean, what a huge opportunity to take advantage of and, and all of the disciplines that go with that, you know, running a tight ship and, and doing that good stuff. But then you get a, a you get a story of a person and they always use the word user case or user story. I don't like it because it's a human being. Um, and you end up with a, a story of somebody who's, you know, ultimately we do doctors and counsellors and physiotherapy, which helps people move or solve a space that they're in. And you realise that you've changed someone's life that day. Um, right. You know, and, and, and we have some and, and, and what's more important, you know, and, and, and I think what the story behind perks is that i think you can have both run in unison and i i hope i hope that we end up proving that if you do the right thing and you take care of people and you have that i mean i, I know lots of the data stuff that we've spoken about historically yeah. actually if you've got that mission driven people human led better outcome piece to your business can you actually do better financially and commercially and i'd love yeah. for us to be a uh, you know, a, a tangible demonstration of that in our future. Yep. Uh, that's one reason why we invested. In, and we believe that. We believe that that's what impact is. Impact is touching and uh, changing for the better in some way a lot of lives. Either big changes in a, you know, maybe a modest number of folks or even small changes in a very large universe of folks. And if it's big changes, in a large universe of folks, then that's the impact. Impact isn't some theoretical construct. I want to do impact. It's uh, the sum total of uh, trying to help uh, the lives of, uh, of people. Absolutely. And and what made you have that as your mission, just out of interest? You know, frankly, it was research. I mean, it's an instinctual thing that one feels. In other words, Absolutely. you know, you have a choice. You could do something quotidian and boring, or you could do something emotionally satisfying and uh, uh, deep and human. Which would you choose? I mean, it's not going to be rocket science. But the reason we decided it was an appropriate thing for a fund to do was that all kinds of research started to show us several years ago that it was something that mattered a lot to people. I need to be in charge of me. I don't feel in charge of me. I feel like the world is taking me apart in little pieces and I don't like it. I want control back, uh, including control over myself, my surroundings. And, and when we looked around, it's like, well, it's clear this is what people want. And we started to get a sense of, but science is increasingly able to give it to them. Yes. And if breakthroughs in science can give people what they want, then we're on to something that's uh, uh, very potentially powerful because people want what they want and all value comes from the 8 billion people on the planet. So uh, let's uh, open ourselves up to that and see if by indicating we're open to that, and we think that way entrepreneurs and others respond to us or they start to look at us like we're crazy. And at the beginning, they did sort of look at us like we we're crazy. But then very quickly, we started to get the, you know, that kind of works for me. I get it. And and now it's it's become quite accepted that health and happiness are tied 
together and that science is driving it a lot. And there are all kinds of changes in food and experience and uh, how health is, healthcare is delivered that people uh, are actively seeking and will eagerly latch onto once they realize it's uh, uh, possible. Absolutely. I mean, look, we're, every day I get to see in perks, I, I get to see, you know, can in, individual humans come back and, and what perks does actually improves their day or improves their month or you know it may be that they just get some cash back on their shopping money because and that helps their household with over here you know we certainly have this cost of living crisis um and 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 actually a few extra pounds in the pocket is is helpful with the with the push on energy prices and everything others you know we've had people who haven't managed to get a diagnosis and 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 for four pounds we, 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 we charge only four pounds 50 in the uk per month and you can cancel at any time so um, we, we think we, we're trying to set the bar quite high so we, we think that a consumer has to want to come back to us rather than we force their feet to stay with us by way of contract so right. you know uh, it, what an amazing thing to get up and do every, every morning you know we, i we can feel, uh feel yeah I, I can imagine i get it and uh and just so folks have there in the uk there's a national health system but the national health system is there to take care of you if you're sick Yes. Uh, and is not designed to help you not be sick. It, it's sort of it's it's backing you up in a way, which the U.S. we don't have. If you get sick in the U.S., it's like, boy, I hope you got some money because this is going to yeah. cost you. Not yeah. there. But uh, wellness isn't really part of it. No, look, the NHS is an amazing, amazing thing. Clearly, uh, there's some long waiting times and everything else. So access to some of the services we have are tremendously helpful and, and help shorten that waiting time which of course is critical in 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 certain areas um where it's even more powerful is is you know when we when we set up perks we kind of had the question of how do you have a well-being platform that makes everyone healthier and happier because your version of well-being may be very different right. to mine right i mean i think i'm having a really good day if i put a fizzy vitamin c from the mm. pharmacy in my water our FD is a three times UK kickboxing champion. So, I mean, certainly from a physical health perspective, a huge diversity. And you know, depending on how old you are, where you, where, where you live, what your culture is, what your values are, you know, where, where you sit right now from an emotional perspective or a physical perspective is going to impact. So how on earth can we create a platform that solves it for everybody? And uh, we didn't have the beautiful data points that, that I know uh, you've got a, a amazing access to data. What, what we did is we took it back to something very base, which is the, the dictionary definition which is the state of being happy, healthy, or comfortable. And what we can work out with more data and more science and more understanding is what are the determinants of human health? What are the determinants of human happiness? What are the determinants of humans being more comfortable? And so what Perks does is it kind of slices it up into channels. So we've got a very kind of Spotify, Netflix feel. It feels very consumer. It doesn't feel like a boring corporate employee benefits thing that sits on an right. internet somewhere. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I think that's... Um, that's powerful stuff. You know, it means that we can we can actually cut down what is a large problem to solve and solve it practically and sensibly, but also encompass everybody, which was the whole intention is that I had a number of people that I couldn't deliver what I was given. And, you know, if I if I worked in a large organization, I got a suite of benefits, same human being move me to a smaller business to work in and I can't get hold right. of those, benefits, which just doesn't seem fair, you know. Right. No, it's not fair. But then again, lots of things in life are fair. 
So yeah. I've always seen you as kind of a battler, you know, as somebody like Stella yeah. doesn't take stuff uh, lying down and all that. But, I, you know, I see you. I think it's a boxing bag behind you. So do you actually turn around and clock that thing if you get frustrated during the day or do you do uh, no, one story? Once upon a time, I was uh, far more uh, physically healthy. I used to uh, do boxing and swimming before I started work at uh, a silly hour uh, back in the day. Um, I, if I'm honest, the confession is, is that I would love to do 15 minutes just to keep my, you know, basically, Mike, the, the true story is I'm, I'm 44 years old now. And, and sometimes, you know, the bit under your arms, I don't want that to go. So the idea was that I have it there and I could do 15 or 10 minutes just to keep myself going. In reality, what happens is my four year old comes and pulls it really hard, flicks it back. It whacks me in the stomach. And that's pretty much all I have with the interaction. But, yeah, I would love to, I would love to I would love to have a go more on it. And it's there with the view that I will get to that at some point. But we're running so fast um, you know, making the time to stop. Um, an exercise or do something um, I, I'm not always the best at. I should be better. What about you? Do you do, 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 you do exercise every day? I do. You can't see it. I, it's sort of dark here because it's early in San Francisco. So I've got this kind of Vermeer light here. But if it were brighter, you can see there's a workout stick behind me. And this, this room is actually littered with uh, uh, workout gear. Uh, I'm a really big believer in use it or lose it at my age. So I'm kind of a crazed uh, worker router uh, and have a trainer guy who comes in through Zoom uh, four or five times a week. And we uh, we work out here uh, together. And San Francisco, because of the hills, is the land of a thousand steps. So uh, there's literally a street right down near where I live called Vulcan. The street is 250 stairs. There's no street. The, the street wow. is a staircase. So going up and down that staircase can be a pretty good workout. And uh, I do that kind of thing uh, pretty, uh, pretty often, as often as I can anyway. I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of a walk. So I, I in, in uh, the pandemic, I got sort of made myself go out and have a walk because at, at one point we were confined to houses and as, as yeah. we all were. And I've kept that up. I, I really love it. And, you know, some of the stuff I've, I've had to learn my own day job. You know, because but arguably yeah. I wasn't the most healthy person, let's say, um, historically. And of course, when you're adding all these services and bringing them together, you kind of think, well, that sounds quite good. I'll, I'll give yeah. that. A good yeah, job. you're in a wellness business. Right, right, right. exactly. <laughs> and um, and so so no, I'm and, and and what a difference it makes. It, it's it's small, yeah. but it makes, uh, some, sometimes it's the smallest things or just those quiet moments or that walk or the ten minutes with the four year old playing with the boxing bag that actually. Yeah rebalance the mind and you're busy as a founder you know you're busy as a ceo and and there's yeah. a lot to juggle so keeping that focus um is it, i think it's helpful you know to take that step for five minutes and then to come yeah. back to the screen ready for me it's essential uh one of the habits i built up that i most liked and i lost it during the core of covid but it's back now is what i call walking eating so i'll do something like this and then uh, put the headphones on and the next meeting will be while I'm walking from here to wherever the you know next face-to-face -face meeting is. So alternating that way, I compel myself to get out and uh, uh, move around during the day. So I'll do this kind of circle, you know, pick part of San Francisco to walk through, walk from here down to the Ferry Plaza and then come back or whatever, doing physical meeting, walking meeting, physical meeting, walking meeting. Uh, 
And it makes for a much better day. I mean, to be out and about and getting all the stimulation and movement. And you know, I found days sitting here doing one Zoom after another, utterly exhausting, way more exhausting than a set of physical meetings back to back would be. There's just something about the brain trying to fill in all the missing information that uh, comes from flat uh, interactions like this that uh, I find just really tiring. You know, I, th I think it's interesting. I think that there's a seismic shift in the way that we work. Um, so, you know, some people would have been really good at doing all those things that you just said before the pandemic, but I would argue that perhaps the majority would not. And I think that that sort of acceleration, I, I would imagine we'd have got, all got there one day anyway, but but the impact of the pandemic on, on, on that being okay at the other end, you know, so you can be walking and talking and the, the, the recipient of your call is right. absolutely comfortable with you walking and talking. In fact, it probably inspires them to say, do you know what, I need to take a break now, I'll walk and talk with you. And I, I think that's, uh, you know, not much comes good from a pandemic, but but actually arguably does it. You know, there, there, there are some things or behaviours that we've picked up that we've had forced upon us and, and that acceleration. I mean, it's, obviously it's helped our business because we can go faster because we're more efficient. Yeah, I think so. And, and from the venture point of view, uh, to get a little inside baseball, if I often use them for first meetings, for introductory meetings. And one of the interesting things about it is many times the entrepreneurs all geared up got the deck, got everything. And I come on and say, well, I'm walking down the middle of the street and I can't look at your deck. Why don't you just talk to me for 20 minutes? And and right away, I get a sense of how that individual deals with the uh, unexpected. Because some handle it really well and some are really flustered. It's like, but I have the deck. I'm like, yeah, but uh, if I watch the deck, I'm going to trip over a tree root and that's not good. So it actually can be helpful. Well, uh, we have... Uh, when we're actually in the same place, talk for hours. We could talk for hours, but in this format, we can't talk for hours. So we probably should just wrap it, uh, wrap it here. Uh, otherwise, we'll be going on and on, and uh, folks will get tired of us. Uh, so, last question. So, what's the next key thing that's going to happen for you and for Perks, either or both? Um, well, you know, I think me and Perks are inextricably linked these days. Um, so um, in, in terms of Perks, we've just closed our, our funding round, which, of course, you're, you're, you're part of. So that, that means a, a big shift in, uh, in being able to achieve our plans. So um, it means that we've had seven new hires arrive last week. There's another four coming in the next two weeks um, for a team of eight or nine. Um, that's a big change. Um, and it means... Um, that we can start to deliver the big things that we want to deliver in terms of technology. So we've got two really big key projects. And what that should allow us to do is have a uh, one technology stack that, that services each of the countries. So we've already launched in Australia. Um, so we've been working with AWS and Deloitte and, and, and others uh, building, looking at how we can get our stack to operate in a way that gives us fleet of foot. Um, you know, we know the problem is global. How can we build a piece of technology that we can quickly move and assimilate in, in different countries, obviously with different ingredients and everything else. So um, that should be done in the next six months. Uh, we're, we're also looking at how we, you know, we have an amazing product. We know from the customers loving it and from the feedback we get, how do we make big steps to get that scale so that people know about it? So again, pulling together all the marketing and PR and, and everything else that we've never been able to afford to have historically because you know, budget only goes so far when you're in startup land before you hit this stage of, of the cycle. Yeah. 
So lots of interesting stuff, very structured business plan. Perks is not a difficult business plan to execute. It's about a lot of things that need to be done and they need to be done in the right order. But I'm quite excited by the the technology that's coming and then onward it's about um we're, we're going to build out the team in australia a bit more um, and we're going to tackle south africa as well which is a which is an interesting uh, choice um you know we could just focus on on uh, deepening our, our lovely existing relationships you know we've got lots of customers already here in the uk it's growing in australia um but i really want to be able to test you know in a country with different infrastructure uh, to, to the UK and a uh, different audience, different landscape in terms of existing benefits and, and how the healthcare, as you said, different between the States and, and the UK, how it operates. C- can we actually do something? And I, I think we're going to be able to get very affordable, very meaningful benefits into uh, certain parts of South Africa where it doesn't exist. Um, and, and, and I hope that we, we do a good job of that. So, so all very exciting indeed. Can't wait to see how it all comes out. So uh, same time next year, as they say, let's take another look and see how it's all uh, played out between now and then. Well, thank you as ever for all your advice and counsel and, um, and you know, and, and all the support. And uh, I can't wait. Same here. Thanks. Talk soon. Thank you, Mike. Bye.